Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, Miss J. Ike Diggs. Hey, everybody. We're so excited to be talking about the finale, mainly because it means that the finale is over. And this season of The Bachelor has finally drawn to a close. I'd actually like to offer an alternate title for what we watched last night. Okay. I'm going to call it The Slow Unraveling of Matt James. Yeah. Slow? <laughs> the, wow. whole, the whole season was The Slow Unraveling of Matt James, and last night was the quick, the quick end. I guess you're right. The Mm -hmm. speed at which his unraveling occurred is up for interpretation. Yes. (laughs) No, I suppose the episode itself, he really unraveled quickly during the episode. Well, I mean, when I say, yeah. It was the afterburn during the, after the final rose. Yeah. Pretty brutal to watch. It's like basically ever since the conversation he had with his father, he just, that took him to a dark place. It's almost like... He was as, not the same person after that. Right. It's almost as if he should have just gone to therapy for several months instead of choosing to do The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? I I have a softer place in my heart for this man now than I guess I did at the beginning of the season. Me too, because we were really heavy critics of Matt James in the beginning. We were. We were like, oh, we he sucks. He's not doing a good job. And now I see, actually, he was just slowly pulled apart like some slow-cooked pork, you know, just shredded by the producers over the course of several weeks and months of his life. I mean, when I looked at the meme that I shared with you, there's a meme going around that (laughs) says, or it's a tweet, rather, and it says, y'all, ABC broke Matt James. And on one side, it shows him fresh-faced and excited, ready to begin his journey as The Bachelor. And on the other side, it shows him full beard, teary-eyed, just slumped over after the final rose. Yeah. Oh, God. The poor man. Do you think he was happy with all this? You know, honestly... I think he probably was happier before he started to dive into all of his family conflict and trauma. I I think he was happier just before The Bachelor ever got their grips on him. Because (laughs) there's no way he's happy now, right? There's no way. It's a lot that he's having to do. Not this moment. No, not at this moment. No. I would put money on the fact that he's unhappy right now (laughs) as we speak. And the fact that like now he has to put up with Half of America is probably like us cheering him on and hoping for a better for better days for him, and then the other half is like Bachelor Nation Chris Harrison stands who are who are like Matt James couldn't get over um, his girlfriend being like a little bit racist in her past. That's that is so pathetic. Like th- there's a bunch of Karens out there saying stuff like that. Trust I know. me, because I always I read saw. the comments. I saw, I dove in last night and I usually don't do that, but I went down a rabbit hole and I'm sure we'll have time to talk about everything. So, um, I, but I did notice that, you know, Rachel is getting a lot of support from the Karens and Matt's getting a lot of hate. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you know what? Okay. Before we dive fully into the episode, we wanted to tell you, dear listeners, that this will be the final episode of the podcast, You Get a Rose. I hate to say it, but we're being taken off the air 
But you don't have to worry because both Jay and I are are active and will be producing things in the future. So we will keep your eyes out on our Instagram page. We'll update you there. But also, um, you can find us uh, on our personal pages as well. What do you want me to say for yours? Where do you want people to find you? You know what? Um, we'll just link to my personal page. Which is? J. Ike Diggs. Okay, great. On IG, yeah. Okay. So uh, don't worry because you can still find us in the future, and the best place to find us is on Instagram. You can find Jay at, at J. Ike Diggs, and you can find me, Hannah, at funny lady pants on Instagram. So um, find us there and you can watch the at you get a rose page as well on Instagram or on Twitter and we'll let you know what we're up to next. Thank you for being our listeners yeah. this whole time and going through this. Thank you so much. This intense struggle of a year. I'll say that <laughs> of yeah. a Matt James season. Ooh. And I'll say that as much as this season irked me, uh, I'm going to miss getting together and chopping it up every week. Me too. You, Me Hannah too. W. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Me too. I'm going to miss it too. And you know, there's like a big hole in the Bachelor um, podcast universe because Here to Make Friends, which is another pod, Bachelor pod, um, the BuzzFeed Network just got chopped as well. So, you know, I don't know. We don't want ABC to be the only voice. I'll tell you what, because then they just change the narrative to fit whatever they want. So we don't want that. We got to be our own voice out here in the Bachelor Hey, Nation. listeners, maybe it could be you. It could be you. So uh, anyway, shoot us a message um, at You Get a Rose uh, just to like wish us a, a, a well wish and we'll write back to you. Thank you for um, always chatting with me, everybody who does. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Okay, yeah. let's dive into the show. What do you say? All right, let's try it. Let's, let's start with the final episode and just kind of see how it unravels as our poor Matt okay. James unravels as well. So, all right, we start off by meeting the mom and the brother. We have mm-hmm. um, Patty and John. What were your hot mm-hmm. takes just from the start on like who Patty is or, or who John is? Well, it seems like. I hate to focus on this, but it seems like there's so much pain. Yes. In the James family. And Patty, you know, she seemed lovely, but she also seemed like she was hurting in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And she cried through the entire um, conversation that she had with Michelle. And she basically cried through both of the the dates. Yes, she um, did. Yeah, and, and in a way, it's endearing because she wants the best for her son. But it also seems like, dang, it just there's a lot being uncovered that I feel still very uncomfortable watching. Could this family not uncovered. have gone to some family therapy before all this started? You know, that's you know, a lot of Twitter is saying what Matt James needed was therapy. Yes. And I don't disagree. I think that sometimes stuff comes up that you're not anticipating is going to hit you as hard as it does. For sure. And that's why I say that Matt James unraveled slowly after that conversation with his father, because after that, he was very much in a daze. Mm -hmm. I don't think he anticipated that. And, um, yeah, so short answer, definitely, you know, this, I think 
everybody could benefit from therapy. That's my maybe unpopular opinion. But I think I hope that's a popular opinion because we could all we could all use it, you know? Yeah. But I think that the Jameses didn't maybe realize that that would have been um, a next a good next step for them instead of airing out all of their family drama yeah. on national TV. A hundred percent. Yeah, I thought. What was your take on the mother? I thought Pat. She definitely was, and and she's an emotional person. She probably cries often. It's not like this sure. was just coming out for the first time. I don't. What's interesting to me is that John said that this was new to him to watch Matt bring home a, a woman. So yeah. probably was new to Patty too, to be talking to somebody yeah. like that. So some of this stuff that maybe wouldn't come out in later relationships is definitely going to come out now because neither of them have For had sure. experience being in that place. We also don't know. We know that Matt is close with his mom. We don't really know if he's close with his brother. We don't. Or, or what their ages really are. But I would say his brother didn't seem super comfortable being on camera. <laughs> no, that was pretty evident. He seemed like a little um, shy and nervous. And yeah. Some would say Yeah, pretty shy, awkward. nervous, a bit uncomfortable. And you could tell that he was probably being prompted as yes. far as the questions yes. he was asking. <laughs> um, it, it was a bit, it was a bit awkward, but um, that being yeah, said, I did pick he up seemed on what super you, sweet. He was cool. Yeah, he was cool. They almost look like twins. Yeah, they really do. Honestly. They really do, except for, like, the hair and the grills. Yeah. Otherwise, they look really similar. They do. Mm-hmm. But I did notice what you pointed out, that they were saying how unique it was to see Matt um, in the state that he was in. And, um, you know... I think Matt's brother, either his brother or his mother said, it's it's great to see you animated and happy and expressive. And that made me wonder how often, you know, they see him animated and happy and expressive right. because it seemed like a statement that you make when you never see somebody, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of emotional state. Or when you just don't see somebody that often anyway. And yeah, or maybe, you know, he's saving that for his friends and when he's with his family he's just more low-key I don't know that was an interesting thing to hear yeah it was but you can definitely see that this is uncharted territory for everybody involved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. um Matt uh, Michelle comes to meet the family and it was yeah. snowing at the Nemecolon I was like oh nice to be somewhere where it's snowing because it's snowing here that, that was the universe giving Michelle a little nod Yes, like you're back home because you're about to go back home. Sorry, babe. Right. (laughs) Uh, And I really thought like Michelle, I thought thought Michelle totally won over the mom. I was really surprised (laughs) later on when she was like unsure about both of the women because it felt like Michelle just immediately won over Patty. Did you not think that? did. No, I thought that they definitely got along very well and it did seem that Patty had taken to Michelle, especially as they sat on the couch and, you know, Patty cried and she shared, you know, how much it means to her to have somebody in love with her son in the way that Michelle had expressed. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that Michelle, like for me, I think I would have been kind of awkward in that position. Mm -hmm. There's this woman in front of you crying. You've never met her before. It's a little bit uncomfortable to think about, but she was very comforting. And she, again, she was so genuine in how she 
engaged with her. She made eye contact. She, you know, she was just very comforting. Some would call her perfect, you know, some would call her perfect. Some would, (laughs) some would, but you know who wouldn't? Matt James. (laughs) I'm so mad at him for that. Imagine where he could be now if he had chosen Michelle. Imagine. Oh, goodness. But, you know, we we didn't want that either. I thought Michelle did such a good job. She, like, talked about how she didn't view his family struggles as a detriment, and she actually thought it was a positive thing because it made him who he is as a man. Right. Like, she really flipped that so well. Yeah, she did. And she also recognized that they that family needed to have that flipped. Mm-hmm. They are in constant need of hearing people say that it's okay. Your family structure is okay. Right. You know, you're it's not this huge deficit. It doesn't necessarily need to be looked at in that way. No, and um, it doesn't need to be constantly examined under a microscope either. It can just be the reality of your situation. Yeah, exactly. And and so, yeah, Michelle did a good job of just sharing that she's not that hung up. Yeah. You know, on the fact that Matt didn't grow up with his father. It's just like, it's so unfortunate that you could really tell that Matt had already moved on from her. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, like, how much... I would be so uncomfortable showing off someone to my family who I knew I wasn't going to pick. Yeah. And to me, it's so it was so obvious he wasn't going to pick her by the way he was acting and the way he was behaving and how uncomfortable he was when she was, like, saying her true feelings yes. for him. Yes. Yeah, he did seem to get pretty cold towards her. Yep. I'm not in a rude way, but you could tell that he definitely shut down emotionally um, and especially as they were sharing that moment, I mean, she did the cutest thing when she pulled out um, the jerseys that she had created. Oh, and that them. was later, too. But yeah, 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 for sure. That oh, was okay. so, so cute. No, I was going to that well, on that yeah. date, that was so sad. But even yes. when even when she just met the family at the end, you know, he was he said, like, I just don't get how she hasn't been swooped up. But in that whole interaction, you could just feel how he was like, he he was like. You could tell he, he wasn't waiting for up. No, either. he was just waiting for Rachel. Yeah. And I know that the editors did a good job of kind of covering up the fact that he had already made his decision. Yeah. But there was, there's a lot of clues where they're both, both Matt and Rachel are alluding to the fact that they both know that they're going to end up at the end of this together. Well, that's why I think we didn't see the end of the fantasy suite last week. There had to be something there that they didn't want to air to us. So weird. Yeah. So then Rachel comes and meets the family. Uh, they talk about they talk about their issues, which was weird. Like, their, their one mm. issue of her feeling bad that one day. <laughs> I was like, I why know. are we rehashing this? But that's what they talked about. Because people are supposed to be impressed by the fact that she shared her feelings with him. Right. Then John, uh, the brother, asks Rachel about her past relationships. And, like, right there is, like, that red flag she's kept on waving the whole season, which is, like, she doesn't mm-hmm. know what it's like to be in a relationship. Yeah. And she doesn't have love with somebody in the past. Like, how does she know that she's ready to be in this relationship? How is she? Like, uh, I'm not surprised that it didn't work out, (laughs) obviously, for other reasons. but No, I mean, both of them, Matt and Rachel, it didn't 
neither of them have much experience no in a in a long term relationship and so that definitely plays into the demise of Rachel and Matt James yeah and Rachel also talked to the mom again it seemed like the mom was vibing with Rachel just as well as she had been mm-hmm. with Michelle they talked about their faith in God and yeah how important and how much that it he, meant to her when he prayed yeah well she was the one who cried yeah. Remember so that way back on the first night? Yeah, I forget that that was her. But I remember seeing, before we knew it was Rachel, somebody crying. Somebody was crying. Like, wow, that was, that was very touching <laughs> to a lot of folks in the room. So but she said that was one of the moments where I knew. Right. How did she know? It was like was moment one. For me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So then after the women leave, this is when, like, everything shifted. Because... That's when Patty completely changes her tune. Yeah. And what was what did you take away from what Patty was trying to say? Well, like I said, a lot of stuff um, like family issues are coming to the surface that I don't know that they anticipated coming to the surface. And I think one that that moment where Patty looked at Matt and said, you know, Love won't conquer all. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, But love isn't enough to get you through all the hard times that are going to come your way in this relationship. I think it like from my perspective, she was just trying to bring him back down to earth. Right. Because he was floating in the sky a little bit. He was floating. And we forget sometimes that this is an eight week process. Mm hmm. And so on top of the fact that, you know, they're kind of uncovering a lot of conflicts that have happened in their past, they're also, Patty and, um, what was the brother's name John. John are looking at the situation like, are you for real? Like, first of all, we've never seen you in this kind of emotional uh, state of being just giddy off of these relationships. But on top of that, you're saying that you're getting engaged in the next two days? Yeah, to one Just of these two, and make, you, you only have, you haven't even decided who it is yet? Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's the way that I interpreted what she was saying. It was like, you know, even though the cameras were on, it, it was like that way that a mother communicates to their child, like, yeah. hey. What If it was my mom, she would be, she would just say what she meant. She would say, mm. like, it doesn't seem like a good idea to get engaged after eight weeks. It doesn't seem like you have your mind made up yet about who you'd want to be with. And there's more to a marriage than just being in love. But it always feels like on the show, they must edit it in a way or not everyone's kind of indirect. But it just didn't mm. feel like I, qu- I could quite understand what she was saying. Like, yeah. she was obviously saying love is not everything. Right. Yeah. I got that. She was saying marriage, it, you know, that it can that it can fall apart. Yeah. I understood that. But I, I th- yeah, I just I, don't understand why. This is not, honestly, it's not helpful advice. Like, I no. just, I felt like, Patty, you're so damaged from your own past. I hate to say that, but you're so busted up from your own past that you can't even, like, encourage your son to really go after the person that he wants. Yikes. Or to make a choice about it because you're like, well, people fall out of love. Well, yeah, okay, that happens. But that's yeah. not a reason 
not to pursue the relationship that you want. Mm. If you're like with somebody and you really love them and you want to move forward with them, then to say that you could fall out of love, it's like, of course you could. That's always the risk. That person could also die. Yeah. That per- I mean, a lot of things can happen. Like that person yeah, could also definitely. be. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get into a relationship thinking, "Well, this probably this could this could end." Yeah, that's not helpful. And it's, no, it's not. And I agree with you that Patty's kind of projecting some of her past pain onto Matt's current. It's almost situation. like she's projecting Matt's pain back onto him mm. too, which feels unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Because we can't say that it was that her apprehension is coming from the fact that, you know, it's just such a quick process. She was there with him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She knew. She what knows he was what the bachelor is. Was, yeah. And she was supportive in the beginning. Yep. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit. It did feel a little bit disconcerting. It was disappointing. All of a sudden he was very confused. Yeah, and wouldn't moment. you be? And, wouldn't you be if if you were like, "Hey, parent, I brought home these people I love, and I can't wait. I'm so excited." And then they were like, "Ooh, never mind. I'm actually not on board. Yeah, I'm not ready for this." Yeah, I think there's other questions she could have had him think about. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to picture truly, you know, where you'll be with th- where you want to be in two years, three years, Mm. and who is the person that can be there with you? Mm. That would be a great piece of advice, right? I mean, that's a great, yeah, that's a great way to frame it. Mm -hmm. If you are coming into this with experience, um, you know, talking through issues like this with your family. And I really think that this was their first time. Obviously ever doing it. Yeah. Ever doing it. And they did it in front of everybody and it was very messy. And not not well. Not well. It was just so no. disappointing after the, what we've been dragged through. I mean, I don't want him to get engaged to Rachel. And it ends up being a great thing that he wasn't. Right? Mm-hmm. Very grateful for that. It does. But, like, it was not a great bit of advice from the mom. It really no. didn't help him land on his feet. And it just messed with him so badly. And then, you know what? It, like, proved her right. The whole thing. She was proven right. So now yeah. is is that are they really gonna are they gonna end up in a more healed place or are they just gonna keep going through this cycle of like people will abandon you or they will do something wrong to you so it's not even worth it. Hmm. You know I don't know I don't know where the Jameses go from here. Yeah, I don't either. All I know is that what we saw it it was. I think unexpected for everybody Mm -hmm. like Matt James completely changed from this upbeat, happy, optimistic dude who's like, you know, with that big, bold laugh to this man with like his shoulders slumped and his and just kind of dazed and confused. He literally and when shrank he sat, and couldn't even finish the show, really. He couldn't finish the show. And even when he sat down with Chris Harrison, you're like, oh, man, he's really going through it right now. Yep. Like, this does not, I don't know, part of me was like, this does not seem safe. No. This man needs some serious support right now that doesn't equal a, a sit-down chat with Chris Harrison. No. Really doesn't. 
really and again i don't think anybody anticipated that i think matt thought i'm gonna bring my father onto the show that's gonna gonna solve all my problems yes we're gonna have this great healing moment and i'm gonna be ready to move forward with the love of my life and instead it went the complete opposite way yeah yeah it was truly like a Imagine spending eight weeks dating 30 women and then in the end just not not being able to finish it out. Not being able to finish. But they... And I mean, getting rid of, like, uh, one of the best women of all time. Yeah. Of all time. The, inter- the internet loves Michelle. Like, I couldn't find a negative comment Tell about her. Tell me a reason not to, you know? Anywhere on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> the entire internet. And, but I will say... You know, again, we were very critical about Matt James, and I still have critiques of him. Yes, me too. He's not in my great graces, but they this was an SHIT show. Absolutely, it They was. made it into a circus. Yep. And if we think back about how the ways in which this man was sabotaged, we can point to the fact that all of the women on the show were bullies, Yes. We can point to the fact that they brought in random women, uh, five or six random women in the middle of the season. And then another random woman, like, and a then, couple episodes later. And then the Heather, yep. the Heather Gate. Yep, Heather Gate. <laughs> like, he never had a chance to get his bearings about him. Then no. his dad was there. Then his parents were there. And all of a sudden, he's supposed to be getting engaged. Like, who? Yeah, who? it was. it's a whirlwind. Where? It was That was a Where? whirlwind two months. Where, Where do they do that? And when did they, they get to know the person they're trying to date and all of that? No, there was and clearly he didn't get to do that because like I think in the end he know, was drawn is... he was drawn to Michelle and Rachel because they sort of stayed above the fray. They never really yeah. engaged in the bullying. They never engaged in talking about Heather. They just like seemed separate from the process almost. And mm-hmm. so and because of that, he never really investigated either of them. No, Specifically but did he Rachel? really investigate anybody? No, that's what I mean. He didn't have time. Oh, he didn't no, have time. It was really so didn't. much drama. Like how could? At least we didn't see him having any time getting to know anybody. No, we didn't. So then he's he really okay. Didn't. So after this whole thing happens with his mom, he talks to Chris. I, he he was all sad. Chris offered nothing helpful. What can Chris do? I mean, why is he even there? He offers no helpful advice. Like I don't get the internet is currently filled with people who are like. All these Chris Harrison apologists, like, who cares about Chris Harrison? He's on the show for a total of, what, three minutes every episode? Who cares? He's He's ABC's darling. But why is he the darling of people, like, writing comments on Twitter? He's a sweetheart. Oh, my God. Oh, God. If this 46-year-old man is America's sweetheart, I'm out. I'm out of here. (laughs) Billie Eilish is America's sweetheart, right? Or something like that. Oh, Lord. Selena Gomez? I don't know. But not Chris Harrison. It's not Chris Harrison? I'm just... I keep seeing all of these as always, like, you know, middle-aged white women posting on Mm -hmm. the internet being like, Mm -hmm. show's not the same without Chris. I won't come back. I won't come back unless Chris is there. Why? Why is your... Line in the sand, Chris Flippin' Harrison. He doesn't care about you, and you don't <laughs> care about him. Move on. Don't say that, Hannah. You're gonna upset a lot. Oh of my god, let them be upset. No. He's on the show for like no. two minutes, and it doesn't even matter. He can't even no. offer good advice. 
He offered Matt he... zero advice. He's not capable of it. He, he's so out of his league with these conversations with Matt, whether it's about race or whether it's about the decision that was made collectively to dig up Matt's childhood trauma, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, this is not in Chris Harrison's wheelhouse. And unfortunately for Matt, he doesn't really have anybody to support him out there. So he, he goes to Chris Harrison because, you know, who else is he who supposed else to talk is he- to? Is he going to turn to during these hard times? I mean, and his really, his conversation with Neil Lane was better than his one with Chris Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I know at least Neil was like, "Tell me how you feel." Yes, and kind of empathetic with the fact that he might not be ready. And he was like, "You don't have to get proposed. You don't have to get engaged." Yeah, he's like, "That's not. I'm not here to make you get engaged. I'm just here to give you." talk to you about a ring and then I thought like I know we're talking you know out of out of uh order here but I just thought like his actual his conversation with Neil Lane was like rather sweet (laughs) yeah and Neil Lane saying like well you know this ring should represent a connection between you and somebody else so if you're not ready to do that that's okay it's like oh my god replace Chris Harrison with Neil Lane I think Chris (laughs) Harrison just a bit hey I, I'll make it into a coffee mug and I'll I'll gift it to you. Thank you. You need a mug that says that. Um, but I think Chris Harrison honestly is a bit butthurt. Again, to use the language of my students. A bit what? Butthurt. Butthurt. <laughs> I thought you said... <laughs> What would be the back, ac- backward? I don't what know. What would I, be the I, academic term for butt butthurt? Um, ego... Like his ego is injured. Yeah, his, his ego's bruised. Yeah, because but um, but hurt means like you're not really hurt. Yeah, you're just exactly. hurt in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Chris Harrison has seen this go not the way that he would prefer. You know, a couple seat for a couple seasons now. Yep, because. Last season, we had the issue with, help me out. Claire? Claire, yep. You Last forgot season, her name? Issue. I'm just not good with names, all right. Claire and Dale? Folks, oh. <laughs> it all kind of blends together for I know, me, honestly. honestly, it does, it does. But, um, you know, Claire and Dale ran off with each other within 30 minutes of meeting one another. <laughs> and, and then Tasha came in. And that's not that well. Right. And so this season, I think it it kind of irks Chris on top of all of the, you know, controversy that's been surrounding the show that Matt was alluding to the fact that he wasn't ready to get engaged either. Right. Chris wants to see engagements yeah. on his show. Yes. He does. And so you could see him. He wasn't supportive, really. He was just kind of like, well, what's this mean? Well, what do you want to do? And kind of cold, actually. Yeah. When Matt was looking for a soft place to land. Yeah. No, that, it, yeah, unfortunately. So, and, and when he left that conversation, it didn't feel like he had any sort of sense for what he was going to do, except for just keep going. And that is when he was pretty obvious, like he was going to break it off with Michelle. Cause he's yeah. like, I just got to be honest. So then we see that Michelle's final date. Poor Michelle has to launch herself off the side of a building and have a date in a parking lot surrounded by red flags. <laughs> 
Like that's if that doesn't break, it doesn't exactly you, summarize Michelle's entire time on this show. I don't know what else does. Do you want to break down the symbolism for us, or just let us do that on our own? I think you could do it on your own. It's not very right, thick. Right. It's not very veiled. <laughs> Um, I would be terrified, first of all, to repel. I'm like so not into heights. Ooh. If someone asked me to bungee jump, I would say no. I'm sorry. If that means it you're going to break crazy. up with me, I'm out. I'm out. I got to go. I don't want to do it. I got to go. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't be into it either. And it looked very scary when Matt James took his first misstep. Yes. And he kind of, <laughs> you could see it in his eyes. He was actually there, really... like, I could die. <laughs> really scared like this is just some guy who put us on these ropes why would i trust yeah. it just because it's a tv show no. i could still die no but michelle d- definitely didn't get the most glamorous date no she really has not gotten to. any of the glamorous dates no um and then <clears throat> for the like 10th time on the evening date michelle confesses her love to him and he says nothing again and then yeah. she did the thing that you were talking about which is give him these cute little jerseys it was really sweet it was so Um, cute she had jerseys made for the both of them and on the front it said at the front was it her high school or or sorry was it her students team or no it was no it said something else it was oh team james no the back said mr and mrs james it said something like mr and mrs james oh my gosh i have to look this up but it said something about um no, I know. Did you just Google Michelle Bachelor jersey? Tried. That's what I put. Yeah, we're not getting it. Okay, that's we don't know what it says. We don't know what it, it says. That's fine. It's fine. Um, we don't know what it says on the front of the jersey, but they were super, super cute. Yeah. And also, one thing that has never been touched on in the show is the fact that Michelle was like a very good collegiate basketball. Player. Oh yeah, you can see she looks so like an athlete. Yeah, she's obviously an athlete, but they've never talked about it on the show. You just know if you've like looked her up. Sure. And so it was, like, obviously a nod to that as well. And then that's when really Matt, we lost Matt forever. Yeah, we did. Because you could see him. So as she is showing him this very sweet gesture, these jerseys she had created for the both of them, and confessing her love once again, you can see him start to become more and more distant. Starts to kind of look off into yeah. the distance. And... You know, as the viewer, that he's about to dump her, but you can tell that she doesn't see it coming either. Right. No, she really doesn't. She really felt like that was going well. And that was so painful for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't... It was excruciating. She looked really heartbroken. Um, you know... At... She asked for some clarity and really didn't get it in the moment. He couldn't give it. Well, and then we found out later that he refused to have a conversation with her. I was like, are you? Okay. So basically. You couldn't let her say her piece? Like, that is unreal. Yeah. It's unreal, but it's also not unpredictable for what we're learning about Matt. I just don't think he was capable. I think, no, like, he just got in so over his head. The the specific words that he said to Michelle were, I don't think I can get there with you. And yeah. and she was like, Well, wait, what does that mean? Like And where is there? Because yes. I've already met your family. Yes. I'm already, you know. Yes. And he wouldn't say explicitly, This is a breakup, and he just 
you know, kind of alluded to it again, alluding, alluding, alluding until finally it was very clear that he was breaking up with her and, um, you know, she really just crumbled. And as you were saying, and he just left. We, yeah. He leaves. Right. And it was just so, ugh. you just like, watch you her. You don't get to do that. Like, watch her collapse. Just, in the real world, that's not how it works. If you're going to have a conversation with somebody about breaking up with them, unless that person has like, you know, done something horrible to you or a series of horrible things and you just need to get out. When you're having this kind of breakup where someone was in love and the other person like thought yeah. they might be, but didn't turn out to be you. You have to, like, give them a chance to talk it through with you. That is your job as the breaker-upper is to, like, talk it through and then leave, right? But don't just be like, sorry, I'm not going to be able to get there. Deuces. This is really hard for me. Bye. Yeah. So, as you were saying, Michelle asked for her two minutes with him. Well, we didn't get to see this, Mm -hmm. but she asked for two minutes to... um, say her piece to get her closure to speak her side of what she was experiencing and Matt refused it. And mm-hmm. I I think it was a jerk move, a, but I also think it was just him really being incapable incapable of He's literally unable to He do wouldn't it. he wasn't able to. Yeah. And that doesn't I, make I, it okay. I agree. But, but it, yeah, but it, it does explain why, because he really doesn't have the emotional capacity to sit there and have a really intelligent, very um, emotionally intelligent woman tell him, no, these are the reasons that you, you know, that I'm hurting and that I'm confused and that I'm lost because it, it pro- he probably wouldn't have known like how to get out of it. No. And that's, you know, his M.O. is just to say all the yeah. right things. And what, yeah. what are you going to say in this situation? I don't know. Well, so then he goes and cancels or has Chris sends his minion Chris to send his cancel his date with Rachel, which she took completely as her own thing. Like, yeah, she was so she just made it so much everything about herself in that moment. It's very Rachel. It was like 100 percent the Rachel show. Yeah. And that's what we've grown to expect from her. But yeah, her first reaction was, what does this mean about me and my relationship with Matt? Um, rather than, you know, what might he be going through right now? Yeah, or what, you know, why is this happening? What is he struggling with? Rather than being like, I wanted that date. It's not fair. Everything's different now. Mm-hmm. She's like, everything changed. What changed and what is everything? I'm so confused for what you think that means. Yeah. <laughs> She's been afraid Ugh. of that ever since, you know, Matt's expressed to her that she was going to be the one he was going to take to the end. She's been really afraid of things changing. That's something she's mentioned the last right. couple of weeks. Yep. And meanwhile, he's having that, that uh, chat with Neil Lane and then a date card arrives saying, meet me at the lake, which I like laughed so hard about that. <laughs> In that silly SpongeBob handwriting that it came with. <laughs> I was like, what is she supposed to wear? That, that card gives no details. Well, obviously they were like, okay, this is the end. This is the proposal. Um, and then they, they built an entire f- outdoor fireplace in the middle of the woods. Did you notice that? <laughs> I noticed. How could I miss it? How, did, how long did they work on that? What was it plugged into? <laughs> how was it working? <laughs> hey, man. They saved so much money this season. But That's true. They, they, that was their entire travel budget they spent on that They could make a pop-up fireplace, fireplace I'm sure, in no time. 
It looked like a Survivor. Like, did you ever watch Survivor? Yes. When they do Tribal Council, yes, that's what it looked like. That is like. what it looked like. <laughs> it was just like the Survivor Tribal Council set up, and it kind of felt like a Tribal Council. Yep. The mood was very and she shows up. She shows up in a... That's true, it was. It's like, who's going home? She showed up in a sleeveless dress, and need I remind you, it was snowing the day before. Yeah. She was cold. You could see her breath the whole time. She was freezing. But hey, she didn't know if she was getting engaged or not, so she came dressed to the nines. And that electric fireplace wasn't doing the job of keeping her warm. Not at all. Um, Then she tells him, like, she feels really bad, which she should. I mean, she should be. I mean, I would hate it if, like, I I could relate to her in the sense that if somebody was jerking me around and being like, I'm canceling my final date. And then you're supposed to what? Go confess your love to them? I would be like, no, no. I'm I'm confused. I feel like what's happening? You're using me or something. Yeah. I'm what's happening here? Yeah. Why didn't you talk to me? Right. And you, why didn't you talk and, to me since then? Yes. And you know they had I'm it set to fall up. In love with you now? Mm-hmm. And you know they had it set up in that way where she had to speak first. Always, always, they always do it that way. And so it really was. But like. Imagine your engagement story being like, well, he refused to speak to me for two days. But when we finally spoke, he got uh, down on one knee. <laughs> like, is that really what you want? Is that the meet cute story you want to share with people? No, it was very awkward. And there was a big conversation missing. There was the conversation mm-hmm. missing between the two of them before the conversation in front of the fireplace you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you just have yes. now you you haven't spoken for two days and now you just have to stand in front of each other confess your love for one another when you don't even know why your date was canceled why you haven't heard from right. the other person like it's it doesn't Wait, did michelle is michelle still here what's happening she knew nothing and then he kind of talks about like not proposing how he's not ready to rush into proposal but that he wants to be together she's happy they seem happy. They go off on their little honeymoon. That's the end of the show. <laughs> the most anticlimactic things we knew. We all knew it was coming at the after the right. Rose. But I did give Matt some props, or I'd like to give Matt props for not getting engaged. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, I'm glad he didn't fake it. Me too. When he wasn't ready, because <clears throat> this show didn't always used to end in an engagement. Mm. I saw a lot of people on Twitter last night claiming that it did, but that is not how it used to go. Okay. There was zero expectation about the engagement. Okay. And then I want to say it was Sean Lowe and Catherine that really ushered in the new era of getting engaged during this, the end okay. of the show. And now it's sort of a built-in expectation that you get that's engaged. what happened. <clears throat> but that's not always what happens. Right. It, it didn't happen with Colton and Cassie. No. It doesn't have to happen on every season. And in fact, I think it's really interesting when we don't know if it's going to end in a proposal or not. Instead of always having the expectation that there will be a proposal, what if we didn't know? What if they had a choice? (laughs) It does make the ending a lot more interesting. And it it helps me to have a little bit more respect, a little bit more respect for the process if it doesn't necessarily need to end in an engagement. And, you know, if the premise of the show could just be fighting a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a, right, right. a gender or non-conforming like, partner, you know, but just finding. A, yeah. Or whatever you want to call each other, whatever relationship you want to establish, yes, it's your choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciated his choice not to get engaged. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did like stand up for yourself. The final it just rose? kind of felt like the first time we've really seen him put his foot down. 
Yeah, that's true. And did he? I don't even think he did the the thing of giving her the final. Oh, rose. he gave did her he? the. Yeah, he did. Oh, at that point, I was just so. And checked she out. was very giggly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move to the after the final oh. rose because that's where the real meat of the show started. Let's do it. Um. First, let me just get your take on Emmanuel Acho. What do you think of him as a host? Would you want to see him back? Like, what was your take? Well, I thought he did just fine. I was reading through Twitter and people were raving for the most part. From what I yeah. saw. Yes. Yeah. I I wasn't like standing ovation. Yes, you know, Emmanuel is the one for me moving forward. But I think he did a great job. I think... Yeah, I think he did a great job. Like, he's obviously an excellent host and has yeah. a lot of experience with how to do this on TV. Yeah. He asked really, really good probing questions. Mm-hmm. He, like, pushed, and he then he pulled back in moments where he just let stuff ride. Yeah. He called stuff out more so, like, he really called out what was what people were feeling in the moment and, like, let that hang, and I thought that was a good job. My only thing is that, like, my only hesitation is when he was talking about um like can't, well first of all when he, two things i'll say i'm gonna back up i'll say two things bothered me one and this is not necessarily emmanuel Acho's fault but was they really backed off the chris harrison thing quickly mm. they they talked about it and then they backed off yeah. it quickly and they really put the blame for everything solely and squarely on rachel for the remainder of the show mm-hmm. and i felt like Yes, absolutely. Rachel is 100% at fault for her own actions. But we should be critiquing the show for a lot, for bringing her on and then defending her actions after after the fact. Yeah. Because that all those layers made it like she shouldn't have been there. Mhm. Mhm. In the first place mm-hmm. because they had a black bachelor and they chose somebody who was it was very easy to dig up her history. Right. Well, of racist behavior. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was when so that, it was the defense of Chris Harrison for me that I didn't like. The other thing was when he started to talk a little bit about, um, like, race, racially ignorant actions mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make you a racist person. Oh, yeah. And I was, I felt like he was just apolog, like, he was ma- trying to make the Karens feel better or something. Like, really towing a line. But you're dancing around like this is like making you furious. So just tell me. <laughs> well, See, I know you feel that same well, way. Like, like that was just some uh, weird apology. It was so <laughs> staged and uncomfortable and forced and contrived. Mm-hmm. I have so many words. Watching <laughs> the way that they set it up in the first place where Emmanuel was like, hey, everybody, welcome to After the Final Rose there's going to be some very uncomfortable conversations had tonight. It's going to be extremely uncomfortable. How many times did he say uncomfortable? So many. It's like, you know what? We know exactly who you're speaking to. We know exactly who that sentiment is packaged for. I'm not uncomfortable. My black Mm -hmm. butt sitting at home in Tucson, Arizona is not what are we, what are we talking about? I'm not sensing any discomfort. So that, goes along with what you're saying in terms of like how this was packaged for white audience, white viewers. Um, Just the whole thing was so very forced when, even when he was like, you know, Matt as two black men, let's sit down and have this conversation. 
you know, the way that two black men are to engage in these topics. It's, it, it just felt very, what's the word? Performative. Yeah, performative. And, you know, I think Emmanuel Acho is like ex- very experienced yes. in that department. Agreed. He does this all the time. Agreed. And, and like, okay, so <clears throat> it's like, you know, who should be doing that for other white people, though, is, is white people. <laughs> like, he doesn't, it's not really his job to make me comfortable. You know, it's not really his job. I can work on making things more comfortable for other white people because then I can squirm around to do that because I don't have to dull myself That's down right. to do that. But if Emmanuel Acho has to dull himself down and ask Matt to dull himself down and Michelle to dull herself down, is it really doing anybody any favors? The whole thing was just very gross. I found it gross. I'm watching, you know, all these black folks sit on stage and talk about issues in a way that I felt was very inauthentic. Like... Mm -hmm. It just felt like they were trying, all trying to figure out how to say, how do I say this? Yeah. Especially knowing, I knew going into this that Michelle, I had already heard the rumor last week that Michelle and Katie were both going to be chosen for Bachelorette. So I knew going into her um, interview that she was chosen for Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And it it was all over that conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That conversation just reeked of, I need the audience to still like me. Oh. After all this is over. And that's how I read it. I read it as like her bachelorette interview, her opportunity to really say who she is as bachelorette. Yeah. Because she was talking about, you know, um, that she's she talked about like really honestly that that she's really exhausted yeah. and that she wants the show to change. Yeah. But she also talks about how she knows everybody involved has a good heart and how these issues can be heavy, but she doesn't ever really like explicitly say these are the issues with the show. And you know what? It's because she can't. And that's the issue with all of this. The issue is Mm -hmm. it's, it's all symbolic. I keep Mm -hmm. going back to the damage that we do when we push, when we force racial representation into spaces that aren't ready to, uh, accommodate it and support it, you know, in a way that's healthy and affirming. And we have talked all season about how they were unable to do that with the show. They were unable to support Matt through this process. They have actually just like tore him to shreds as you were mm-hmm. mentioning. And now my fear is that Michelle is now in the same position and we're already seeing the ways that she's being stifled. She can't just come out and say, this is racist. This was not okay. Or, um, you know, maybe take it even a step further and say, I refuse to be a part of this aspect of the show unless X changes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They can't do that. And yeah, she's already signed her contract. And that's why oftentimes this type of thing does more harm than good. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so white viewers got to see, um, you know, the first black bachelor and, uh, you know, a bunch of folks of color on the screen in this situation for the first time. Most of those people got the short end of the stick in some type of way throughout the yep. course of the show. Most of those people were harmed. 
And we definitely know that Matt James did not come out of the situation. No. Um, Poor man is just whole into a and happy. Right. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he, he was broken down through this process yes. of being the first black bachelor. And I half laugh mm-hmm. about it. And I half um, get kind of incensed. <laughs> well, you're laughing. Cause what else are you supposed to do? Uh, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? It seems so insane that this is happening. Yeah, we're all watching. And it's, I mean, I, we haven't even gotten to the greatest punchline of all, which is that the first black bachelor chose a white woman. I'll be keeping my dog, first of all. Because that's right, because you won that bet. <laughs> and she ended up being racist, so he had to dump her. You can't yep. make And this she didn't even know up. she was a problem. You can't make she this up. She didn't even know. You can't make it up. You really can't. But you know who could have figured out that she was racist? The show. It took no time at all for everybody else to figure it out. It was very oh. little digging that it took for people to actually figure that out. So, like, why didn't they do a little bit more research? And that's why I say that when they do these types of moves to put some racial representative into a spot, into a position like they put Matt James in, the work, if they're really about... You know, if they're really about what they're claiming to want to achieve with that move, they're going to do the research ahead of time. They're yes. going to make sure that that person's past and their family's past isn't exploited. They're going to or make sure. Did they or do are they doing this because they know it's quality TV, right? Mm-hmm. They know it's problem. It's like the problem more problematic it is, the more people are watching. Yeah. Maybe they already knew that stuff about Rachel. That's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised, would you? No, I wouldn't. I'd just be disappointed, but I don't know why Yeah. (laughs) at this point. When Matt came out, he just looked like a wreck. His beard was, like, glistening, first of all. Lots of beard oil. I don't really get the beard on him. I don't really get it. I don't think it's, like, unattractive to have a beard. I think it's great. But I don't really get it for him, per se. I don't, I have no comments about that beard. (laughs) I will not comment. (laughs) I just, so much conversation about the, he looked like Castaway. I mean, he didn't look rough. Yeah, he did. He looked like he's been on an island for two months just wishing his life was different. He looked really rough, honestly. Yeah. The poor guy. I did appreciate that they talked about, like, he talks to um, Emmanuel and he talks about how he, you know, he always has to present himself in a certain way and that he thought about that a lot on TV. Um, and then he li- explicitly said because he is black and white viewers hmm. will take everything he does is what all black men do. Yeah. I, I heard that. Too. That that was that was like a, a pretty honest moment. Yeah, I saw that, too. I heard it. And I was also frustrated by it just because, you know, what they're speaking about is respectability. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the quote that I wrote down is I have to represent myself well because, um, you know, white folks might never meet, might not ever meet another black man. Um, That was Matt James who actually said that. But that frustrates me um, that, you know, folks carry around that mentality. And it's really common for black folks to say, 
well, you know what? I have to make sure that I am a proper representative of my race, Mm -hmm. um, that I have to make sure that I take no, I make no missteps so that folks get the right impression of me. And so that folks get the right impression of the entire black community. Right. Um, But that, you know, that, that idea of buying into respectability and respectability politics, we know, um, it's a pitfall. It's like you can't win. Yeah. You can't win moving through no, life that can't. way. It doesn't really matter how you move or what decisions you make or how you present yourself or how clean you are. Um, you know, it might impact the way that somebody perceives you, but it doesn't really do much to uh, to dismantle some of the stereotypes and the harmful ideas mm-hmm. that folks have about black folks and other people of color. Mm-hmm. And we saw that through the show because he really spent a lot of time trying to present a certain face. And in the end, they still found ways to right. break him down right. and expose his past in a way that was stereotypical. Yeah. And playing on stereotypes. And they, they did. And he, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't no, the perfect bachelor. He's still, a, he's still a man, he's first still of all. He's still a dude. He <laughs> acted like a man he he's a young he's an inexperienced man yeah like he wasn't perfect by any means but i did respect like i said some of the moves he made as of late uh or you know recently at the toward the end of the season i should say um not getting engaged i don't think that he knew um what having his father on the show would bring up i mean i think we just saw a human who made some mistakes but who definitely doesn't deserve the backlash that he's getting from folks for choosing not to be with Rachel anymore. Right. I know. How could you be with Rachel? Because we're talking about married marriage to someone that you're, and he's wanting to have kids. Right. I wouldn't put my kids, my future children in a situation like no. that where, where their, their mom is going to use them what as like a toy rather than a person and not really understand them and, or what their role is. Uh, or what her role is as a as a parent and how to like she doesn't understand the difficulty uh, for even just for her husband as a black man in America. What what if she has a child who's a black boy and she never understands what it's like for him is in his experience being different than hers? Like she's not going to be a good person in that situation. No. And the thing is, maybe after 10, 10 years of growth on her part, maybe. but like, that's not his problem to wait for. No, it's not. And Matt made a statement that was just kind of confusing to me in terms of understand her understanding his blackness. Yeah. He said, you know, he was surprised that she didn't understand his blackness. He made some type of statement that he was, it was surprising to him that it, at the end of the day, Rachel didn't understand what it was like for him as him yeah. to be a black man yeah. in America. And I was like, yeah, duh. Like what? <laughs> what? Right. Like, yeah, obviously she doesn't get it. And I'm glad he didn't choose Michelle, but it just goes to show like she was ready. I believe in my oh, heart. Yeah. Michelle was ready to commit her life to that relationship. And um, he missed the boat. And hopefully, you know, she gets to find somebody better suited for her. Sounds like she will. I mean, 
Maybe, but what uh, what are they going to fix between now and then to prove that that's possible? Like, with in in terms of including both Katie and um, including Michelle, I want to see like what do you mean? What do you mean? What is going to change? Show me for real. What is going to change before Michelle's season? And the- and how are you going to implement that in Katie's season so that we're also not exploiting anything about Katie? Yeah. That we're, oh, that we're getting ready yeah. by preparing, you yeah. know, like, let's see what's going to change. Sure. And that's... Because guess what? Mm-hmm. You also need diversity in casting when you have a white lead as well. Yeah. You you need better people in the in the house that's doing right. the job. Not just people on the show, but people doing the job in the offices. You need that to be more diverse. You need those roles to be working harder. Before, even with a white lead and all white contestants, One, you still need that. 100%. And on that note, I saw a tweet that um, I agreed with. Um, this is from Ozimama, O-Z-I-M-A-M-A, and I copied the tweet. Um, it says, given how the franchise has created racially insensitive narratives about Matt James, I really hope Michelle is mentally and emotionally prepared for the producers to potentially misrepresent her on screen as well. I wouldn't put yeah. it past them to cast another racist. And so... I wouldn't either. That's what, um, you know, I, concerns me as much as I want to support Michelle. I don't know that I can support the show anymore because I don't want to see her go through what... I don't want to see cast, oh God, cast no. away Michelle at the end of we her season. We weren't even invested in... We weren't even invested in Matt before all this happened <laughs> we didn't know him. Yeah. And we're still, like, crushed that he was broken like yes. this. And imagine our Michelle, who we love no. so dearly, being broken in that same way. I refuse. So I no, I won't I won't stand by and watch it. Not like that. Don't you do that to my girl no, Michelle? Right? I mean, it would be devastating to see. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's a good thing she has a, a great fan base that's growing because you know she can she'll have folks behind her that are supportive of her. So you know, hopefully, at this point, after we've seen what was done to Matt James, once we've seen yeah. since we've seen the unraveling of Matt James, we can now know um, as viewers what we won't tolerate when it comes to Michelle. And you know what? I'll give Bachelor Nation, Nation some credit. They have started to put their foot down. We are yes, seeing that's true. changes. Like, that's true. We hear from the Karens, but we also hear from everybody else. That's right. And certainly anyone who's still listening to our podcast is at least listening to the ideas and thinking like maybe a little bit differently than, than before. And I think, you know, that's, that's great. It's like I certainly think differently about this show than I did mm-hmm. three, four seasons mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, okay, we gotta talk about Rachel. We gotta talk about okay. Rachel. We gotta talk about the Rachel match situation. So, overall, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just start with how I took my take on Rachel and her reaction to being yeah. on the show. Number one, she was obviously had probably done a few test interviews, sure. probably done a few practice Definitely. interviews, which is probably for the best because um, she. Only let her emotions get the best of her towards the end, but she kept it pretty together in the beginning, which I thought was use- good. It was useful. She did, yeah. It was useful. She doesn't paint herself as a victim Mm-mm. until the end. She started to, with around Matt, she started to do that. But when she's just talking to Emmanuel, she doesn't paint herself as a victim. She says she admits to the fact that she never knew those things were wrong. Yeah. Like, that she truly is an ignorant person, that she has, she says she has no excuse. She doesn't want to say she's free of blame. 
because she's from the South, that it has nothing to do with being raised a certain way, that she literally just is as at fault for this. Mm-hmm. And then she said she took her time to apologize because she needed to understand why she was at fault, which tells me that at first she didn't think she was at fault. Yeah. Yeah. First, she probably got into a really defensive mode, mm-hmm. which I'm glad that she didn't do that on TV and that she hopefully did that with other white people. I don't know. It sounds like she also did it with Matt, and that was really the, the straw that broke the camel's back there. But the thing that bothered me a lot mm-hmm. is that she's like, I could list off the things I'm doing and what I'm reading mm-hmm. and saying, and but I won't. And it's like, but why not? What are you doing? She's like, I could list it off, but what is it? Is it reading one book that you posted the picture of on Instagram? Like, what are you really doing? I know. And I... You should hire somebody as, like, a mentor. Like, hire a black woman to mentor you. Yeah. Pay her money. She could... Pay her good money. Yeah, she... You know, she could do that. Um, I, I saw that the Twitter community was pretty up in arms with the fact that she never really answered that question, too. hmm I guess my take... My biggest mm, beef with Rachel is that, you know, she she didn't really seem genuine with her apology. She was doing that thing where you cry but no tears come out. <laughs> and you know what you know what you point as you pointed out, she did all of the things well. She didn't make herself a victim. Right. She said exactly what she did wrong, and she just sat there and took folks' feedback, um, which mm-hmm. I thought was good. I also think that, you know, there's a lot of attention focused on making sure that Rachel knows where she went wrong. Mm-hmm. And that I, it's just, it doesn't seem productive. Right. Yes, this woman made a mistake, Um She's been, the mistakes have been identified for her. Um, She's gone through the process of doing her apology to her and everything. And now I think we, like, forget Rachel. That's what I think. Yeah. We need to just let this go. Yeah, we need to move on from Rachel. This doesn't, I just get really frustrated with, like, really focusing on one person's particular uh, acts of racism or one person's racism. Well, right, because she's paying penance for the whole show. Yeah, exactly. They are, but, they are blaming her for all of their issues. Yeah, they are. And mm-hmm. they're using her as a scapegoat for all of the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and what some things she didn't say were, uh, the show doesn't support us in any way in having these discussions about race, despite the fact that I knew coming in, I was white and the bachelor was black. I wish I'd had more support. Yeah. I wish someone had been there. I wish I could have asked these questions. I wish that we'd been encouraged to talk about this, but we weren't. Yeah. You know, like, let's talk about the real issues here. Like, she she did those things, mm-hmm. and she needs to apologize for mm-hmm. them, and she did. And she needs to have a, an action plan, which she doesn't. No. Because she doesn't have an action plan. She needs an action plan. And also, she needs to talk about the context that they're really in. Yeah. So which that- is like, I messed up so bad it ruined my relationship, and there's no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. And also... I wish that, like, I'd known these five things coming in. I wish that, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about what else is there rather than just saying, like, she acts like she went to a plantation party in 2018, antebellum plantation party in 2018, and then she was normal and good <laughs> and fine until ne- the show. Yeah. and But that's not true. No, it's not. And as you pointed out, she said, you know, Emmanuel asked her, how many nights did you lay awake 
um, wondering if these photos would surface and ruin your life. And she was like, honestly, she's like, never zero. I never yeah. thought about it. And that just shows how far she has to go. But I will say um, that it did very much seem like she had said she had made some low blows or she had lashed out in some way toward Matt because toward the Matt. way that he was looking at her, his body language, the way that he was interacting with her, um, it showed deep hurt and almost contempt. Oh, deep. Yes. He was definitely like, don't touch me. Don't expect this to get better. Yeah. Don't expect to come out here and have me say, let's be together. Like you hurt me beyond repair. It it looked that way. And, so- and it looked like she still didn't understand why, which to me was like, okay, so Rachel actually hasn't grown. No. She's just well rehearsed. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was my biggest takeaway about that interaction. I'm like, we missed something. We missed a blowout of some sort. Um, or just a moment where she did something that really disgusted him because so yep. he was looking at her like he wanted nothing to do with her ever again. Yep. Yep. So messy. Uh, and he, he says like to her that he doesn't want to be responsible for her tears yeah, and saw, he can't do the work for her. I and I was like, oh yeah, good, good line. The thing is like, I can just say as, as somebody who used to be a 24-year-old mm-hmm. white woman is now just an older white woman. Mm-hmm. That was 10 years ago for me. The, this happened to me. Mm. I I was called, called out and given feedback. Mm-hmm. And I reacted how I assume Rachel reacted behind the scenes. Okay. De- defensive, crying, feeling like they didn't understand what was going on. Feeling like I was being attacked. And I was lucky to have people in my life who were like, let me talk you through this. Mm. And here's some ways that you need to work on this. And here's why you react mm-hmm, this way. Mm-hmm. And here's what, you know what I'm saying? And and set help set me on a path of learning and growing and changing. But I didn't do it. Who I didn't do it to was my partner. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so I, I understand mm-hmm. that this happens to her. It's. If it hasn't happened, well, it's ha- it's happened to every white person who has done work. Yeah, it's it's happened to other white people. They just haven't taken it as correct feedback. Sure, sure. So I get it. It's not easy to be called to be given feedback, but to like take it out on your partner, it's like you can't expect them to come back with you. Yeah, Definitely. you just have to know that you have. That's a person that you injured. Definitely. And that that will always be the case. Definitely. Yeah. And it felt like at the end she was sort of hoping that maybe he would take her back because he pitied her it or did something. Seem like and it's that. like, that's not going to help you. No. It's too late. He's not even going to hug you. Mm-mm. We're going to sit there and watch Emmanuel ask him to hug you, and you're not, he's not going to. Yeah. That was uncomfortable. Pretty it's good definitely... move on Emmanuel's part, though, as a host. It was. Because that was like... good TV. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna hug and it's like nope no but like you know i appreciate that perspective you know you sharing how you've been in the situation before and i'll say as a black woman i completely 100 percent understand matt's position mm-hmm. it's not that he doesn't care for her anymore it's not that he maybe doesn't even love her anymore but when you see that somebody you're that close to 
when you actually see their starting point where you know mm-hmm. where they're at i hate to use that that term where they're at but when you actually see their starting point um it's it's very difficult for you to figure out how you can finagle a relationship with that person without a being the one who holds their hand and leads them through the whole process or mm-hmm. b hurting them as they're learning because oh you yeah. know she may come to him you know imagine in a world where they're still together and say something extremely harmful or do something extremely harmful and she doesn't even know that that's the case and so a there's harm being done to him but then if he wants to call her out there she's gonna be hurt because she's in a fragile state she's in a a sensitive state where she's still learning this stuff so it's just Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult situation to manage. And I know that interracial couples do it. They've been doing it for hundreds of years. But I don't blame him for choosing not to be that person for her, for, for removing I agree. himself. And like, what about the hostility of the environment she grew up in? He now has to go back to be with her family. And there's more to it than just her, right? Yes. So now he's responsible for her learning and yes. her family's learning. That doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel right. It's not. And imagine him going to her home community, meeting the friends that she was at the party with. That's right. You know, there's just so much. And on top of all of that, there is public outcry for her head. (laughs) And so (laughs) if you imagine that they live together and now he has to deal with all of the backlash that she's receiving, you know, it bleeds into his life too. So, it, and frankly, she needs a place to vent about how she's feeling about that's that. That's right. She needs a safe white person to vent to about. For sure. That. For sure. And that's not going to be her partner. No. Right? So, so I can imagine for those two months when they were secretively together, right? Because they no one could even know. She's venting all of this stuff directly to him and nobody else, right. and it's like, well, this can't. You know, everybody, I just got to say this. This is my take. Let me hear it. Hot take on Let's this. The, everybody who is, all these women online who are critiquing Matt for not staying with Rachel mm-hmm. to, like, quote unquote, teach her how to be better. These are the same women that are with their horrible husbands, Ooh. whose husbands deny that women's experiences are any different, and who do all of the housework. And just are like, well, he can't do it that well. So he, you know, I'll just do it. And you know how husbands are like, they're making all these excuses for why their husbands. Men will be men. Boys will be boys. Exactly. So they have 900 excuses for why their husband can't, can't look at um, women's equity in the home or workplace right? because they refuse to look at it. And I'm sure maybe those women have tried to bring it up and it's been squashed. And so they think everyone's relationship should be that way, but it shouldn't be. You should be. An equal partner to your partner. Yeah. They should be equal to you. And if you are a woman who's married to a man and you have told that man things are I have a different experience than you and he has denied that, I would I would I would urge you to pause. Think about that. <laughs> Take a pause. Yeah. That is not a healthy thing. And it's it wouldn't be healthy for Matt to express his experience no. and have it denied by his wife either. And you know what? Like no black person wants to I shouldn't speak for all black people. I don't know any black people that would want to (laughs) constantly answer the question with their partner. Was that racist? 
Ooh, was that racist? Oh God. Oh, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was racist. Wasn't it? Like if you imagine what this man would have, what the relationship would have looked like had he chose to continue with it. It just, no matter how you look at it, it's a lot of work on his part. A hundred percent. And let's say, you know, let's say it was some, a different scenario where he met her eight years later, 10 years later, and she's done a bunch of work mm-hmm. and they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be times when he says, Hey, this is my experience and it's different yeah. from yours and something you're doing right. is affecting that. And then she's grown, right? And learned. And now she's like, I hear that. I see why you say that. I'm going to try to make these shifts to adjust for that. Will you let me know? if I do it again and will you let me know if I'm making progress and now they can have a real conversation That's right. but she's like she's like what is antebellum like she's starting from square flipping one and that's the issue it's square right. one if you know if it were a woman who had more experience I mean who just wasn't out there at antebellum parties I mean the like recently recently and didn't know it was wrong. Like, I'm sorry, but she didn't know it was wrong. She didn't know it was wrong. There's just no world where I don't support Matt James's decision. I agree. 100%. I agree. And I feel like anybody who's thinking that otherwise, like that he was too harsh to her, it's just like you've got to put yourself in a frame of mind where you believe that it's good to be equitable with your partner. You just got to mind shift because I feel like it's – they're saying, well, my relationship sucks, so yours should too. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I'm just going to say that's how I feel about it. People love to project mm. their crappy marriages onto mm. other people. And that's what I'll say about it. Hannah, did you just read everybody who's in a crappy marriage? I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm not even in a crappy marriage, I and so. I felt that one. have anything else to say about this scenario it was like so much happened but also so little happened at the same time because it was such a short 50 minutes Manuel Acho really um he asked good questions like you said and I liked that he um kind of pushed for some answers out of Rachel mm-hmm. I'd love to see him host these after the final rose yeah. and the other like live events in the future. I know that he's not going to be hosting the next two seasons because they already announced that it will be Caitlin Bristow and Tasha. Okay, great. Um, but it would, it, Emmanuel would have been a great choice as well, but I think, I actually think they may have asked and he may have said no. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, cause he's busy. He's, he's like, going uh, on, you know, man. yeah, he's got a lot going on. Like he doesn't want to be living at the Nemecolon for two months at a time, Who does? you know, so, Cause when Chris, Chris Harrison's really doing this job a hundred, you know, every day of the year, except for when he has like these like month right. long breaks. And when he isn't on the so, job, he's probably just sitting on a beach thinking about dates, like yeah. <laughs> thinking up group dates. I actually think he's probably spends a lot more time in the production room than we think. You think so? Like, I think people imagine he's just sitting around the pool drinking a, a Mai Tai, but I think he's got a heavy hand in how this show comes out. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. It's not just that he was crappy on Rachel Lindsay's interview. I think he has a heavy yeah. hand in how this show mm-hmm. is produced. Yeah. So, okay. all right. So let's talk about the next Bachelorette. Wow. Are you excited? You know what? Um, I am excited for these women because I, I know that they're both excited to be in this position. Uh-huh. Am I excited to watch the next two seasons? 
I can't say I'm that I anxious. am. I'm apprehensive. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ex- I'm interested if they'll be doing a Bachelor in, in Paradise in between or what yeah, the plan I'm, is there. I'm wondering too. Because normally we don't have fall programming. Oh, the, so that's the We difference. normally get the fall yeah. off. Yeah, so instead they're doing... It said summer 2021. I know they've delayed the filming for Katie's season that it was supposed to start and it hasn't started yet. They're still doing casting. Okay. Um, probably because they're like, we, we should get rid of some of these racist guys we had in here and <laughs> get some new ones hopefully. in instead. Um, hopefully. So th- I know they're delaying it so then it will come out a little bit later. But I wonder if we'll have a Bachelor in Paradise and then go straight into Michelle's season or if they're just going to skip Paradise altogether. I hope there's a Paradise. I love a paradise. I love paradise. I miss paradise. It's so carefree. I almost like paradise more than the actual show, to be honest. Yes, because it's drama like 100% of the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's usually only it's usually not specifically damaging one person over and over and over again. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. We spread it we out. We get to exploit everybody. And we, get, we actually get to know the people who are on it. on paradise. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm very happy for Michelle, though. I... I hope that this is what she wants and what she deserves. Me too. I hope the experience ends up being good for her. And Katie as well. I really hope it's a transformative season for the whole show. Like, I don't want, like, let me just be clear. I don't want to cancel The Bachelor. Okay. I love this show. Yes. I want it to be better. Yes. I need it to be better because I'm almost, I'm at the end of my rope here. So I need it to be better. For Hannah W. So to be can... at the end of her Bachelor rope, <laughs> I mean, that says so much. <laughs> right. It says a lot about. I was feeling like I, I honestly last night watching the finale. I'm just like I'm so over this. I'm just over this. Yeah. They. I mean, it, it was terrible. It was a terrible season. It was a terrible mm. season. Truly terrible. And it ended just with the saddest. I mean, it's so sad how it ended for Matt. It was almost like they just. I don't want. I don't want to. Um, you know, speak disparagingly about the folks who do that type of paint where you, like, take the paintbrush and you just kind of fling it at the wall. Yeah, splatter paint. <laughs> but but this season was very much a splatter painting. It's almost like they did, they, they couldn't have done worse. It was like, there was no rhyme or, it was just like, now we're going to do this, splat. Yeah. Bring in 10 more women, splat. You know, like, yeah. it was very much just put together, cobbled. It felt like it was cobbled together. Absolutely cobbled. Absolutely. So. Well, listeners, we hope that you got something out of this season, whether it's maybe a new learning Mm. or just a two-month exhausting process at the end of COVID. Mm. Whatever you got from it, we're glad that you were here listening to our show. And thank you for being listeners to... Uh, this this show in general, You Get a Rose, I know that this show was on before I was ever the host. And so those of you who came from when Marley was hosting and stayed through me hosting and now through me and Jay hosting, we just I just appreciate you hanging on for the ride. Yeah. Check back in with us because we'll be doing other things. I, I know I personally will still be involved in um, Bachelor <laughs> shenanigans, so just keep your eyes on us. You can find us at Jay Ike Diggs and at Funny Lady Pants on Instagram, um, or you can follow the at You Get a Rose account and send us some messages there because it's still active mm-hmm. and we'd love to hear from mm-hmm. you. So, thank you. This has been the final episode of You Get a Rose with your hosts, Hannah W. And I am Jay Ike Diggs, and I just want to say thank you, Hannah, so much for the invitation. 
Thank you for allowing me some space what a pleasure. on your show. Um, I've had a great time, honestly. And thank you, listeners, uh, for sticking with us. I couldn't have done it without you. Same. Couldn't have done it without you, Jay. I mean, you brought you brought the heat. <laughs> Were my takes hot enough? <laughs> hot and spicy. Hot? Sizzling hot. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. For more on the show, visit yougetarose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yougetarose. You Get a Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on mytalk1071.com.